Hello, how you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. Thursday, it's the Two Shot Podcast. It's episode 32 with Ingrid Oliver. So, you may or may not know that a few weeks back, myself and producer Griff popped to Liverpool to the Baltic Social for a bit of a special night. It was our first ever live Two Shot Podcast. And it was chucking it down that night. It was bitter cold, but still people came out to support us. And it was a fantastic night. Um, we had our kid, past Two Shot Podcast, opening for us, which was brilliant. He did four or five cracking poems, and the audience were loving it. I was loving it. It was great. And then we welcomed on stage Ingrid Oliver. And, yeah, we got down to things. We, <laughs> things got deep quite quickly. Um, we, were, we were both quite shocked where the conversation went. But it's a really brilliant episode, and I can't thank Ingrid enough for coming on. Uh, it was great. So, should we get down to it? Here we go. It's episode 32 of the Two Shot Podcast with Ingrid Oliver. Miss Ingrid Oliver, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hi. Ingrid, Hello. thank you so much for coming all the way to Liverpool for this. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. The thing is, when you said when you invited me to do the podcast, yeah. and I'd heard it, and I knew it was like an intimate tete-a-tete, mm. and now we're doing it live... And because I, my background is live comedy, my immediate instinct is to take the, stand up, take the mic and do a tight ten. So this is it's quite weird. I'm just sitting down. I want to be entertaining. And I... Well, what we can do... You will be entertaining, but let's just pretend it's me and you in the room. OK. I'm not being rude, by the way. We'll, <laughs> we'll just forget about you lot for the bit. <laughs> but let's just think. We'll just talk, to, talk about you, and it's just me and you in the room. All right. Will that Goes be all right? It goes against every instinct I have, but I will, I will fight it for you fight this for at least the next hour. I will, OK. Ingrid, will you tell me about your surname? Oh, hang on. Straight in. <laughs> Straight in. Because I introduced you as Ingrid Oliver. Yeah. Do you know my real surname? No one knows my real surname. Can we talk about this? We can always edit um, this out. Okay. Obviously not for you, but see, I told you you'd get some juicy bits <laughs> if you came live. Bang, he's straight in with the first one. That is a really good interview, Tony. You've, re- <laughs> you've really unsettled me immediately. You don't get that with Philip and Holly in the um, morning. <laughs> um, uh, no, I... All right, Piers Morgan. Um, <laughs> Fudge will come down. <laughs> yeah, no, my... I don't know how you know this, but yeah, my real surname is not Oliver. Um... My real surname is Polish, and it's quite long and unpronounceable. And I'm not going to say it because I like having that separately because that's one of my bank my bank statements. Um, I haven't been through your bank statements. <laughs> well, Let's just sort that. I out don't right believe now. you at this point. <laughs> um, but no, when I was at, when I was at drama school, my I remember a casting director came in to give us a talk. You know, one of those advice things: what to do and what not to do. And she said, what's your name? And I told her, and she was like, oh, no, darling. Oh, darling, you'll have to change that. And I 
I kind of agreed with her because I spent my life... It's a really long, unpronounceable Polish surname. So I spent my life to call centres, spelling it out, because no one could understand it. So is this your, your, your mum or your dad who's Polish? My dad. My dad is Polish. And my... So I, I went... Because I, Ingrid is quite hard, as I found, because I spent weeks trying to find my perfect stage name. Did you and have Ingrid's any, quite hard to... What did you come to, up with? Do you know, do you know what, genuinely, I, well, what Oliver is, is actually my brother's middle name. Right. So it has some bearing on um, something in my family. But I genuinely, genuinely toyed with the idea of calling myself Ingrid Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> Aim high. For about five minutes. Because I was like, because then people will be like, well, surely. And I'll go, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and then I, because I had no connections to the industry whatsoever, I was like, that would immediately create a, a connection. And then I was like, no, don't be a dick. So I, I didn't do that. So I chose my brother's middle name instead. So tell me about your mum and dad while we're there. So your dad wow. is from <laughs> no, whereabouts in Poland? This is like, I should be paying you for like a psychiatry lesson. Um, Poland. What did I say? People come on the podcast and they go, oh, it's like a therapy. It's like some sort of creative <laughs> therapy. But now we're doing it with a fair few people in the room. So come in, come in. It's fine. Um... So your dad, I was Polish. a very lonely child. Um, <laughs> my, dad, my dad's Polish, and my dad, my dad comes from a place in Poland. It's a very complicated and convoluted history. I always say I was Polish, um, but my father recently said to me... My father lives in Germany. He's, he, he moved there when he was 13. I was born in Germany. Um, he told me recently, he's like, I don't know why you keep saying you're Polish, because you're not, you're German. And um, I was like, oh, what, that, what do you mean? And he went... I, he was from an area in Poland called Prussia, which I think before the war belonged to Germany. Yeah. Uh, and then became Poland after the war. So I suddenly was like, oh, no, are we, are we the bad guys? Are we part of the bad guys? So I'm not sure about my family on my dad's side's past in terms of history. But I know they came from a very small, I mean, a, literally a, a tiny village. My, dad, my dad's dad was a fisherman. Uh, and my dad came from, yeah, a tiny place in the middle of nowhere uh, and moved to Germany when he was 13. And, uh, yeah, I was, born, I was born there. Whereabouts in Germany were you born? I was born in Ludwigshafen, which I is in the near so. von Frankfurt. Yeah. It's very good. <laughs> um, I, I believe you after that. I was <laughs> no, a bit on the, on the fence. That, that was my hello, hello, German. I'm actually, I do speak German. <laughs> my dad doesn't speak English, so I speak, well, he does, he does speak English a bit, but I speak German with my dad. Um, but yeah, it's in the middle of Germany. It's quite a boring part of Germany. It's not really interesting. And what did your dad do for a living? Uh, or what does your dad do? Well, for a living? this is the thing. My dad. So he came from this background. He came from very, a very poor background, from from what I understand of it. Uh, moved to Germany. They didn't have any money. Then he, I think they, my dad uh, studies to become an engineer, and uh, met my mum. They moved to Kuwait. When I, I was I was about three, we all moved to Kuwait. No, but anyway, so he's yeah. He, my dad he he yeah he did quite well and he re- retired quite young. And your um, parents both they live in Germany now. No, my 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 family, uh, my mum and dad divorced when I was about eight. So me and my mum moved back to and my brother moved back to England. Moved to Birmingham when I was eight from Kuwait. Uh, I used to have a very strong Birmingham accent. No, uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I did. I did, yeah, because that was the first place I'd lived in England. So I, I till the age of uh, nine, lived in Birmingham. And I was a proper brummy. Don't ask me to do it, because I won't. I won't. I simply this is not a performing, it. It's not a performing good, podcast. Good, good. We'll do that at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through all my best accents. Um, yeah, no, so I lived in Birmingham. Yeah, and, and my, my, my 
my dad is now back in Germany. And so at that time when your mum and dad divorced, where was he? Did he stay in... He was in Kuwait, yeah. He stayed in Kuwait? Yeah, he stayed in Kuwait, yeah. How was that for you? Oh, God, I don't remember. Oh, God. Well, my mum... See, my, my parents, my mum and my dad both married quite a lot of times. So my mum has been married uh, four times. Right. And my dad has also been married four times. So there was always some... It's one of those things, I think kids are quite resilient and they get used to things quite quickly. So I think as soon as we got back to Birmingham, my mum married somebody else and then my dad married somebody else and it was just like, oh, that's just the way things are now. So it was just, it was sort of... uh, Accepted. Yeah, exactly. It was like a competition. My mum would get married, then my dad would get married, then my mum would get divorced and my dad would get divorced. It was like like Jenga, divorce Jenga. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was... God, I've really gone into it hard and quick. You didn't even ask me about that. There's a gag there, but I'm what not are you doing? Great. Mm, yeah. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. But yeah, no, it, yeah. With male figures coming in and out of your life so quickly, ha- it's tough to latch onto it. We, obviously, your mum was a very strong woman. Yes, yeah, she. That's correct. She is a strong woman. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think you craved a, a father figure in your life, or you did it still have? Good relationship with your dad. This is the shit that goes down. Don't you be totting. You'll be up here next. Um, do you know what? It's interesting. I think. I think actually more than anything, because I, I, I think change. If I had to characterise my sort of childhood and growing up, I think change is the word I would use. Because there was, I, I went to about seven different schools by the by the time I was thirteen. Because we moved around a lot, and 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 there was lots of you know in and outs of my parental, whatever. So you just... I think kids, are, they are quite resilient. They learn yeah, to yeah. adapt. And so... Um, and that's like the accent thing. You know, I, had a, I don't sound... I mean, I sound posh now. I know that. Because you pointed that out. <laughs> but, um, Only a couple of times. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But I, I think... But like I say, I had a strong Birmingham accent and, and, and I was German. When, as a kid, I spoke only German as a child until I then moved to England. So you sort of adapt. You become... It's fight or flight. Kill, yeah. or, kill or be killed. <laughs> and was your brother as resilient as you? Um, my brother was younger, so he didn't maybe have to... I think the older child, I'm sure that lots of people in the room who are elder children, you sort of deal with the brunt of things, I think. And maybe also if you're a girl, because you're more... People... Uh, girls are... I don't, I don't, actually, I don't want to put a gender on it, but because I was a girl, you know my parents would confide in me even if maybe I was too young possibly to, to take that on board but you sort of listen um, and and uh, yeah so my brother was he knew it was going on what was interesting my brother who's three years younger than me is married with three children I am not uh, maybe so clearly our parents relationships have affected us in entirely different ways because he knew very early on that he wanted a family and a strong family unit Whereas I was like, oh, it can never work. Right. Why would anyone do that? So, although I am, that is changing now, but that is definitely a sort of seed. I, I'd rather be on my own, and, and uh, that's not true. If anyone's single out there... Um, <laughs> see, I can't help playing to a crowd. I can't help it. That's why I got you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, with moving around from school to school, mm. what was friendships like? Um... I, you're making them and then you're leaving. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, I, it's probably similar to what it is now for me. I love friends. 
are very important to me and I make friends easily because I true. find people fascinating. No, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm not being facetious. Oh, I completely, I, I get that from you. Yeah. 100%. Because I do, I genuinely am interested in people and yeah. I like people and, um, and so, and because I've, you know, I've, I've met little kids, Muslim kids in Kuwait that I was hanging out with, actually almost got expelled from the Kuwaiti English school because I kept trying to kiss Mohammed in the playground. <laughs> and his parents were not very pleased about that. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, yes, and I had seen German. And actually, I went to a German school in, in London, weirdly, as well. Yeah. yeah, so there were lots of kids there. There's a German school in London for expats who sort of, their parents who work in, God knows, banks or whatever in, German, in, in England, in London... And so they send their German kids there. So there were lots of kids coming and going all the time. Um, so again, I think change. It was, I was used to change and I'm quite comfortable with it. Mm. To the point where actually if I'm too long in one thing, I get anxious, which is probably why I'm an actor and a performer because you don't... As a, it, the nature of the job is that you change it up every few months. And you months. have those very intense periods yeah. of work and then, then it's gone. Yeah, and intense friendships actually. Yeah, well you... I, that's the thing, isn't it? You, you get on a job, you don't know these people, but you're forced mm. into, you're thrust into these immediate yeah. intense relationships because you have to. Yeah. Although I have to say, I've recently, I did a job, well, I, I've noticed this actually, I've noticed with actors, uh, generally that thing of like, oh my God, you're my best friend while we're on this job, we're family, we should stay in touch, always. I'm much more resistant to that now because I, je- I only like people that I like. I mean, I like people, but I don't. You're not. Go, I'm not going to be best friends with somebody just because we're oh, actors and we're so intense. And yeah, I'm much more of, picky and selective about well, who my friends are. You learn, don't you? If you fall, <clears throat> excuse me. If you fall deeply into that that intense friendship, and then something happens, or you get burnt, or you learn from yeah. that lesson, you go, actually, I'm not going to go there. I'll be polite. <clears throat> yeah, and we'll get on with it. And also, it's not real. Actually, it's not real. Um, and and I feel that way about. And again, actor, maybe it's, a, it's not just actors, but people in relationships as well. And I've certainly done it in my life, which is that, that if something's very intense, it, it's like, oh, this is so real because it's romantic and heightened. And actually, I'm learning. I've, it's taken me a while, but I'm learning that the things that are real, the things that are slow burning and they last and they're boring, actually, a lot of the time because people can be boring. They're not always on and exciting and, and you know, those are the people worth sticking with and those are the relationships worth having. Yeah. It's like the thing that always comes up as well in, in these podcasts is finding your people. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if you listened to a past episode with um, Tony Pitts and he was making a film with uh, Ken Loach and he was quite young and it was his first job and he was having an absolutely fantastic time, formed this intense family and then the film finished and they all left and he said it was like the circus leaving town sort of without him and he felt really lost and yeah. he didn't really know what to do do you know what it's like this has just popped into my head cool. um, I studied Italian at university and I lived in Rome for a year best year of my life when I was 21 and it's actors are a bit like Italian men um, bear with me uh, <laughs> in the, if an Italian man when they will tell tell you that you're the most beautiful woman they've ever met in their life. They're totally in love with you. Uh, and then, and you believe it, and then five minutes later, will say the exact same thing to another woman. And the thing is, they're not lying. They absolutely mean it. In that moment, they absolutely mean it. 
And I feel like those relationships that actors form on set, in that moment, you absolutely, you're like, you are brilliant and you're so important in my life. But the minute the job finishes and you move on, it's like, okay, that was it. And that's fine. It doesn't mean it wasn't real. It just means it was having... I'm now contradicting myself. It just means it, it's a certain type of real in that moment. But it was that moment. Yeah, and it, that was it. That was, it was a moment. But life is made up of moments, Craig, so... You see where we're going. <laughs> so, back to school. Mm. Mm? How was secondary school? Where was secondary school? You must have stayed longer at your secondary school. Did you yes. get settled? Well, so, I, I, so I, I moved to my secondary school and the place where I finally ended up spending my formative, I suppose, years... Uh, Which was where? Uh, I went to a school called uh, Tiffin's. Tiffin Girls. Tiffin's Which, uh, It sounds girls. like a posh... You well, so Tiffin Girls is a state school, but it's a grammar school in uh, right. in uh, Kingston in Surrey, and it's I was very lucky to go there because it's a very it's a very good school. Um, but I'd gone there from the German school, so I, I was thirteen when I joined. So everyone had already had their friendship groups and knew how to play netball, which I did not know because they don't play that in Germany. Um, and I got to the school playground, and there were the inevitable Nazi jokes because. That's what kids... It's the most obvious and the easiest thing to do. And kids are um, cruel. And kids are cruel. But, uh, but I, you know, I, I was lucky. And I, and, I, and I made friends quite quickly who I still have. Well, um, Lorna Watson, who ended up being... Well, who ended up... Who is my double-act partner. Um, uh, we went to school together. Um, were you academic? <clears throat> do you know what? I would say I was lazily academic... As in, if you put the effort in, yeah, yeah, I was, I did like, I, 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 I do like books and I like learning and I, and I'm quite good at it, I think. But I was quite cocky and lazy and didn't really um, put as much effort in as I could. But also, the school I went to was very academic, so I, I was the sort of, I, I, there were people who were really, really fucking smart, and I, I was quite smart. So that annoyed me. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm going to be the best at smoking and drinking if I can't be the best at, you know. And were you rebellious? Um, yeah, I was. I would say I was, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I was. Not, not to the point of danger. Like, I was, uh, I was too self-aware to really mess myself up. But, yeah, I did all the things, you know, smoking, drinking, running away from home for a few weeks and which my mum did not mind at all. <laughs> I ran away from home for three weeks. Mum didn't know where I was. Totally where, did fine. You, where did you go for But this three is weeks? the most middle class running away. Right. <laughs> I, I ran away. I rang my dad in Germany. When you're a, when you're a child of a divorced, you know, uh, from a divorced family, you learn to be very manipulative. And you learn how to, 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 to sort of guilt your parents into stuff. So I rang my dad and I was like, I am really unhappy, which was true at the time I was unhappy at home. My, my mum and I were quite, she's a very strong personality and, and I was becoming a strong personality. Uh, so we'd had a fight, I can't remember what about. But um, so I rang, I, rang, I rang my dad and I was like, I am running away from home and you need to give me some money, otherwise I will be on the street. <laughs> so my dad, he, he sent me like a few hundred quid and I, I so I mean, God. You know, so there was a lot of planning. Going there was into a this. lot of planning going into that. Uh, I, I was I was a Tiffin girl for goodness sake. So always <laughs> plan ahead. Um, but I but I rented a room in a bedsit 
sort of about... How old were you? I was, I was 16, I think, at the time. But I, 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 I rented a room in a bedsit down the road. I mean, down the road, about 1,000 metres down the road from where my mum was. But she didn't know that. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I was away for about three weeks. I had a great time. Uh, I bet you did. Although I had a really strict landlady. I remember bringing a boy home and she found me on the doorstep snogging and, and t- sent him away. And I was like, oh, I might as well go back to my mum's then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was... That, yeah, it was about three weeks. But, uh, yeah. And my mum and I... We, yeah, it was funny. She didn't give in. She didn't go, oh, my God, I was so worried. She packed up my stuff, packed up my room. So when I got... I, I think I let myself back in one day to see if, if she was there or I had to pick up some stuff. And she, she put all my stuff in boxes and was like, you're done. Um, so I ended up apologising for whatever it was that had happened and then I moved back in again. And that was it. And it was all roses after that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you have a good relationship with your mum? I do now, yeah, I do. I do. I love my mum. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. And what does she do for a living? That's an interesting one. She is... She has done a lot of different things in her life. She, I mean, she always said that she had kids very young. She was, like, 21 when she had me. No, 24, sorry, when she had me. Um, but uh, she did lots of different things. Most recently, I hesitate to say this. Please don't hesitate. No, do. Don't, you don't have to say anything you don't want to no, say. No, I, I, will, I will say it, because it's fine, because we're all, you know, we're all have our own things. Most recently... Well, my mum always was either... Le- she was left of centre, politically, I mean. Uh, not mentally. She was left of centre politically. Uh, then she met one of, one of my stepdads. Right. And he was a conservative. Uh-huh. And he ran to be a conservative MP in Chorley. So me and my mum and my brother moved up to Chorley so that she could help him campaign to be a conservative MP. We had the... I mean, the fights that we would have around, around dinner uh, when we were eating, because uh, uh, I was a student at the time, and I was like, fuck the Tories, fuck you. <laughs> and he's like, go to your room. I was like, you're not my real dad, and all that kind of stuff. That comes um, out. That kind of stuff. But my mum my mom has since then, they're not together anymore, but my mum, she ran, she stood for the Conservative Party in the last couple of elections. Really? Which is quite hard for... It's quite hard. I love my mum, obviously, and she's a good person. Like she's not. She's very liberal. She's not any of the things that people associate. You know, when you've got these caricatures of, of Tories. Uh, but she is. Yeah, she did run for the Conservatives. So I had a very weird thing where I went up in the last election to be there on election night, on results night, uh, and uh, I wanted her to win because I want my mum to, to be happy. But also, I don't. I didn't want her to win because I don't. Believe, in, yeah. yeah. So that was a very tricky one, uh, and sh- and she lost, and, and and she lost, obviously, and uh, not obviously, but she did. Yeah. Um, so that was hard for her, but. And yeah. is she carrying on down that road? Or? Um, no, I don't think so. I hope. I hope not. I hope if you're not listening, so. Mum, see the light. <laughs> um, no, but you know, she, yeah, she's had it. She's she's one of those people. She's just very. She's amazing. She'll she'll do something for a bit gets knocked down, gets back up again, does something else. She's had a very... Ch- yeah. Both of my parents didn't have normal career trajectories. Uh, yeah. I never asked about your brother. What does he do? My brother is a, an engineer. Is he? Yeah, he's very smart. His wife's an engineer. His kids will probably be engineers. So where, for you, did 
the performing and the acting. Finally, we're getting start? to the acting bit. We have to build up to these I don't think I've in, ever right? told anyone as much as I've just told you. Good night. Thank you. I, Good night. I, we're done. I genuinely don't think I've said half of these things out loud before in my life. That's really weird. Anyway. That's because we don't like to plan things. Now you know why I don't like talking to people yeah. before they come on the podcast. And I wouldn't have told you if you'd did it, done it there. I wouldn't have asked over now that. Now that we're sitting here in front of a room full of people. Um, where did the performance come into it? Where did it come from? Because... Do, you say your your mum did lots of different things. Was she ever? No, no, no. no. Neither of my parents were, were were that way inclined. But I, I think I've thought about this because I do wonder because it was quite late uh, for me to actually do it start properly. But when I was a kid, uh, me and my brother, they we got we got sat in front of films a lot. So I remember watching a lot of films as a kid. None, none of that thing of these parents today where they're like, you've got half an hour. Half an hour's television, that's it. You know I don't have a television in my house. Oh, God, that makes me so angry. No, 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 listen, listen. It's uh, not for the, that reason. Okay. It's for the simple reason You of... can't afford one. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's the fact that I love it so much, it would be on all the time and I would never get anything done. You're like an addict and you can't have it in the house. No. Oh my god! But my wife, it's like is me it? and cocaine. My wife, it's not. I'm joking. <laughs> That's I'm a two shot one exclusive. <laughs> that. We can probably cut that bit out, <laughs> or or we'll leave it in. Um, yeah, no, but my wife's the same. Really? Yeah, I remember the one of the reasons why we got rid of it is we were living in Camden in our tiny little flat, and we were sat on the sofa watching some old dross. I mean, it was like really. I'd have to have a shower now. It was that horrible. It was like some celebrity in the jungle, some, one of those horrible things. And we worked out that we were, hadn't really spoken for a good hour. And we just went, this shit is not healthy for us. So what do you do now instead of what do you do? That's a whole podcast in itself. No. No, what do oh, I do now? We, we make time. The way that, that television's consumed nowadays, one, you don't have to have a television set in the corner. Mm. If we want to watch something, we seek it out, we find it. So if we want to watch something on a Friday night, then out comes the, the iPad or something. You watch it on an iPad? What? That's nothing. If you don't have a TV, that's luxury. You don't need a, a, a big screen. My oh God, that's amazing. I almost envy that. It's like Christmas. It's like, oh, it's, got it, turns, it turns into a treat. It turns yeah. into a little Instead treat. of it being on the time. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I this isn't ins- about me. No, but I'm fascinated. But I, I'm always... Yeah. So the television was a, would you say, and I don't mean this in a cruel way, was the television a bit of a makeshift babysitter? Oh, 100%. Right, okay. Because I was talking, you know, a lot of my friends have kids now, and and I watch them spend so much time with their kids, entertaining them, constantly doing things with them. And I asked my mum this the other night, I was like, I don't remember you, I don't remember, because it's hard, I, I watch my friends and it's hard for them, and they're constantly entertaining their kids. And they give their kids everything. And I'm not saying my mum and dad didn't, but I said to my mum, I was like, I don't, I don't remember it being like that for you. And she was like, no, it was fine. You know, we just sat you in front of the telly. Or, or, and I was like, and that's what I remember. But I loved that. So for me, film and became... Escapism. Yeah, escapism yeah. also. I, was, I, just, I just loved it. And I was obsessed with... I would read, you know, autobiographies of actors. and, um, But I didn't... I didn't necessarily equate that with me being able to be one. Um, I mean, I think maybe... I, 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 do you know what? It was that thing of... Because my dad was a very rational man and he, he prized sort of knowledge and mm. education. So I, I made sure that was what I did. 
uh, first and went to university and then sort of left and was going, I don't know what I don't know what what I want to do. And then a friend of mine actually went, You've always wanted to act. Why don't you do that? Why don't you try? So it was a friend that said that yeah, to you. Yeah, it was. Did you do did you do drama was drama on the curriculum at Tiffin? It was, but I, I did it till GCSE. My Hamlet was the talk of the of the uh, fifth form, I have to say. <laughs> I got an A. Did and you? no one else did. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I tell you what happened. I was. I remember doing Hamlet with a friend, and it was the scene. Uh, it was a scene where he confronts his mum in in her bedroom. Yeah. And I was doing it with like my friend Sarah, which is weird. Oh no, I wasn't. You know, I was Hamlet. She was Sarah. Anyway, and it's quite a sexual scene. So I was doing this with my friend Sarah. I got really into it. I remember so clearly that was the first time, probably the only time I've ever done it, where I was like, oh, I'm being somebody else. This is it. This is acting. But I got so into it and carried away. I, and I remember it finishing. I, I was crying. She was crying. I was like, this is going in great guns. And at the end of it, I finished. I was like, <gasps> just sweat. sweat, my chest heaving. And I looked out and like all of my class were just like silent, slightly in shock. And I was like, oh my God, it was that powerful. <laughs> and actually what happened was, I'd, this, and I still have this today, and, I, and even talking to you probably now, but, but when I'm filming, I, people are like, you need to slow down. Because I, I was like, <laughs> and I'd done the whole thing at sort of double speed, spitting and breathing everywhere. And so everyone, it, was, it wasn't awe, it was just genuine shock and terror <laughs> at what they just witnessed. Although I still got an A, so there was something in there somewhere. A lot of passion. A lot of passion. Um, so it, after that GCSE and you went on to A-levels, would you not pick up the drama then for, in the A-levels? No, I didn't. I, didn't. I, did, um, I did languages, went to university, did languages. I did one play at university, which, and I got the lead. And the only reason that happened was because I was, it was, it was in German. It was a German, in, a play in German. I was the only fluent German speaker, so I, by default, got the lead. And I found... Um, <laughs> someone recorded it on VHS, because I'm 90 years old. Um, and uh, I saw it. I was going through my study. I was clearing out boxes, and I found this, this tape. Uh, how did I watch it? I don't have a... How did I watch it? Anyway, I don't have a record player record player but you a video recorder watch it on that. I must have watched it anyway I somehow watched it and um, it was me doing this German play I, it is one of the most awful performances of anything I have ever seen I was wearing a smock throughout the entire thing I looked awful and I had to sit I had to go mad it was like a slow descent into madness I was like 19 I didn't know what I was doing all I was doing I was just trying to speak German uh, so I had to do... It was, it was like an Ophelia number. I had to right. do a bit of singing and, like, whacking myself on the head. <laughs> it was absolutely... But I did it in this weird monotone. That's what was weird about it. I had no idea about modulation and acting, that you could be natural. I was terrified, and it was just this weird... And who was directing you? Oh, God, it would have been, like, the German professor. It, it wasn't, like, a proper play. Right, okay. But it was in a theatre, and it was in a theatre, and uh, so that was, that was it. But I left, that was it. That was it for, like, years. And this was at uni? This was at uni, and yeah. where was uni? Oxford, I went to Oxford. You went to but, Oxford? Yeah, but a friend... And what's, what's interesting, after, after I left university, my, and this friend said, you should try, you should try acting. Who uh, was that friend? Do you remember? Ta- Someone... Yes, Tanya Bowler. Lovely. Do you know, do you know I, her? I know her work well. <laughs> <laughs> um... And actually, I applied to... I was like, no, you're right. And so I was like, right, I'm going to apply to drama school. And 
but I was like, but I'm quite old now, I was 24, so I'm really old, so I, I need to go do like a one or two year course, I can't possibly do a three year course. So that ruled out some of the big drama schools. And then I applied to Lambda and uh, some other places. But my best friend from school and uni, Joe, uh, Catherine Parkinson. I know of Catherine, I've met her. Yeah, yeah. and so I, we went to school together and we went to... Uh, was she at Tiffin? She was at Tiffin. She was at Tiffin. Yeah, I'm going to get all the Tiffins oh, on at some all, point. They're going to circle come back around to that. <laughs> um, but she'd, she'd done like... Uh, and she'd gone to Oxford as well, and she'd, she'd done about five plays a term from the day she got there. And she was amazing. And we both applied to Lambda. I don't think she knows this, actually. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Not that it matters. But um, we both applied to Lambda for the two-year course, and she, we both got in. And I knew that she was going, and I was like, oh, I can't go then, because I did can't f- do that. Did you feel intimidated? I felt intimidated. Not, not by her, necessarily. I just knew that I needed to go somewhere where nobody knew me, so that I could be shit, frankly. Uh, and fail badly and not be self-conscious about it because I was very self-conscious and so I knew that if I was in a, in a you know, drama class with one of my best friends I wouldn't be able to do it so You I, sound like you're, you're sorry to interrupt you sound yeah, like your confidence was quite low at that point or certainly your self-esteem if you're thinking like that and to apply to drama school that's yeah. a big thing if you're, if you're like that and you're feeling like that I spent the, well I well I, I end up going to arts ed to do a one-year postgrad, and the well, f- so to put no, the brakes no, on. Oh no, no, but I'm about to the self-confidence thing. Oh no, go on. No, but you applied for Lambda and you got in. Yes, I did get in, but to not. You mean to, to turn it down? Oh, you, this is why you turned it down. Yeah, I literally had. Well, I, had, I got offered a place at Artshead for a one-year course and a right. place at Lambda for a two-year course, and I was like, ah, uh, and I was like, I should probably go to Lambda, but there's that thing, um, and. Or I could go to Arts Head where I don't know anyone. Also, it was a one-year course. And the, for me, and that was an attraction as well. I was like, that's just one year. I'll learn all the acting. And then I get can... It, get it all done in a year. Get it, and go. Yeah. Someone's drying their hands in the toilet. A live podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's type of guest we have. We to, have. When they come out, they have to get a slow hang let's just, let's just Let's just all be very quiet for a second. I think they're definitely finished. Him. There he is well, in the back. Well, there he is in the back, everybody. <laughs> Everything all right? Try to sneak round the back. Just at a very crucial moment of why <laughs> she turned down going into Lambda. <laughs> Slightly ruined. Carry on. Joking, it's not really. Um, but yeah, Lambda, I don't know if you know Lambda. Lambda's a, sort of very, one of the top drama schools. It's, 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 it's yeah. quite a prestigious place. And, and in hindsight, you know, some of the, if I'd gone there, I think I would have had a very different career. Um, in what way? Well, in the sense that I think any of those places, like Lambda and Rada, they, they were A, agents come to the showcases. True. So they mostly sign people, you know, uh, and put you, you mostly leave with an agent. Um, also, uh, just, there's just something about going to uh, somewhere with a name like that. I think it gives you self-confidence. I mean, and, I, and I went to Oxford, so I know, that that, I know what that's like. That thing of, like... I, this is the thing that I've done and I can it's a this badge my, it's, it's a badge yeah exactly and so uh, I think that certainly would have provided that but then also at the same time I think I'm glad that I didn't do that I'm, I'm actually very glad because uh, going to a drama school where uh, and, and Art said is a good drama school but it was and in terms of the, sorry I'm now all over the place but in terms of the confidence thing I 
spent the first, well, it was one year, I spent the entire year hiding behind furniture and I, I was shy and self-conscious and the teachers just thought I wasn't very good. And I sort of, we do improvise, improvisation was my, was the thing that would make me break out into sweat and hives and I, I just hated it. I remember we were, we were, we did a play Heartbreak House by George Bernard Shaw and I was playing quite a big character and I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't like it. And I'd always stand on stage behind a massive cupboard or behind a sofa and the director would always be like, Ingrid, you need to, we can't actually see you. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. Or we do, so we did this, we did, I remember once we did this big improvisation as a, as a class around that play. So we all had to sort of walk around the room in character, shouting or doing something equally mortifying and this one actor I remember he does very well now he shall remain nameless he's lovely Uh, but he he sort of ripped off his shirt and was sort of standing there roaring and I remember thinking oh my god oh my god I am never going to be able to do this what am I doing why am I here Um, I was going to say was there a point where you went why yeah if I'm not enjoying it I'm not enjoying it 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 obviously wasn't making you happy no um but then, then we had our final showcase and I was given a part uh, in a play and it was a comedy part. And again, I wasn't, get, I wasn't getting it. Rehearsals, direct, my director was getting so really frustrated with me and I was getting frustrated with me. And some, I don't know what happened. Somebody said something to me. Someone said, you need to play this like you're Miss Piggy. And I remember going, Miss Piggy, okay. I went home and I, start, and I started practicing and doing it. And then I suddenly, and I started doing Miss Piggy. And it was something, a reference I could get. And because, maybe because it was like a huge ca- character. And someone giving me an, a, like a touchstone, a, t- a point. Yeah. Where I could go, oh, I, if I do it like that. And I suddenly did this massive thing. And I was like, oh my God. And then I, and then I, then I brought it into rehearsal and I did it in the final showcase. And I don't know what happened, but something tangibly happened. I, do you know what? I know what it was. I got the first laugh when I when I did it for the first time. There was an audience, and I got a laugh. I was like, "Oh, hello!" Uh, and and it was there's something about laughter that you know you're doing well in that moment. It's instant. It's confirmation. instant confirmation, yeah. and you build on, it and then it builds. Sorry, sorry, hit the microphone. Um, and, and and yeah, and it, and it builds, and it carries you, and it lifts you, and then it just becomes this thing. Yeah. And I remember that was that was it was a massive turning point. I got there just in the nick of time like literally in the last week of my drama school uh, and I went oh uh, this is okay I still think it's amazing that you you lasted yeah. that long uh, yeah. be, be, you know being unhappy and shy and well there were I wasn't unhappy there were glimpses of oh I might be good at this because actually do you know what it was I think because I was quite introspective uh, and I think not, not to say this about myself but about other actors that I observe when people are introspective, there's something more interesting about watching that. And I had drama teachers feedback that there that there was something interesting to watch because I wasn't out there like every I wasn't like pushing it out there. Yeah. Um, so maybe that shyness was something I was like, oh, maybe that's something a quality that I can explore. Although then I did sketch comedy, which is the literal opposite of that. So where did the comedy come from? Because I'm where did the sketch comedy, where did that start? Because if this was your first time you got laughs mm, at yeah. the end of drama school and you'd never gone down the comedy yeah. route before, 
Is that where it's was that the, the seed of it? Is that I where it started? It, I think it's. I think it is. I think it also. I think actually, it probably started at, at my school because I went to an all girls school. We're back to Tiffin again. We're back. We'll, we'll, all, always, be, we'll all, always come back to Tiffin. All roads lead to Tiffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, because uh, Catherine Parkinson went there. Lorna Watson, my comedy partner, went there, and so it, it was. A, it was. A, it was. A, um, all my friends were very funny, and they were smart, funny girls. And we would try and make each other laugh all the time, and that was that's how we sort of communicated. So I think that's where, that's why I felt comfortable. So it wasn't that much of a sh- surprise. Uh, I always thought humour was really important. It um, is. I think less so now. Do you? No, I don't. I think it's really. <laughs> I think it's really important. Um, well, to not take yourself too seriously, which sometimes as an actor, that's not a great quality. Because sometimes you do need to take yourself seriously, and I find that hard to do. Mm. You find that hard? Mm. Yeah. Is that a self-confidence thing again, do you think? It's definitely a self-confidence thing. It's also that thing of that differentiation. Because I I came from a sketch comedy background, Uh, I write it myself, I do it myself, Uh, I have to sing the theme tune, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Is that how that impression goes? I don't know. I don't you don't know what I'm talking it. about. You, you, you smile very politely. Then you don't watch television. You don't have a television. How would you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, I. I uh, yeah, but I'm sure you've had people on this podcast that talk about the distinction between comedy and dramatic acting. Yes and no. I yeah. mean, it, things like that do crop up. Yeah, I think. Also, because I because I was writing what I was doing, was saying it's easy because you know exactly how to do it. If someone else gives you words. Uh, to say, and they're, they're not, there's not a punchline at the end of it. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a different part of my brain that I have to engage. Do you see, do you see comedy as more of a challenge? No. No? Does it, cause, it's because it comes to you much yeah, easier? Yeah, And you automatically feel comfortable in yeah, that part? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, comedy's one of, the, one of those things, I think people go, oh, it's really hard, and... and I mean, this isn't a particularly original thought, but it's, it's not hard if you can do it. And I, I've been in plays with act, actors who are, like, unbelievable, phenomenal actors who, who, could, who could, you know, do an Ophelia that would make you weep. Mm. Um, but watching them do comedy is so interesting because, it, because it's, it's like they've studied it. They know what it sounds like. They know what it looks like. But, but, but it's like someone hitting a nail really hard on the head. and It's not like an, a lightness... Which well, it's, comes, yeah. It's the difference between uh, instinct and technical. Yeah, exactly. You can study all the books on acting or comedy, but if you're going at it from a technical point of view, if you're yeah. a technical actor, then it's very different from instinct, yeah. obviously. Yeah, exactly. So when you met, is it Lorna? Yes. When Lorna. you met her at Tiffin, yes. you obviously kept in touch. Yes. yes. So when, did you, did you, when you left Arts Ed having got those first laughs, did you get an agent straight from there? No, I did not. Saw point? Nobody did. Nobody did? Not a single person How left. Did... Oh, no, one girl did. She was very beautiful, and she got an agent before we'd even done a showcase uh, because she was very beautiful. We are Arts Ed. God bless, God bless Arts Ed. It's a great school, but the year that I went, they decided to schedule our showcase during the week. It wasn't their fault. During the week of a tube strike... And also, it was supposed to be in a, in a central London theatre in the West End, and it ended up being in a pub theatre in Turnham Green, which is, like, in the middle of nowhere. No. So we had about two agents turn up. Um, I was playing... Oh, topical. I was playing Shirley Valentine 
in my Cla- agent's classic. showcase. Thank you. <laughs> and I had a obviously I had a Scouse accent, and uh, I don't mean to boast. We'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mean to boast, but uh, the one agent that did come was interested in signing me because he thought I was from Liverpool, and he was like, "Oh, that's we need one. We need one of those." <laughs> Um, and so I, I sort of got a tap on the shoulder after the performance. It was like, the, um, there's an agent from uh, PFD, a big agency, huge agency, uh, would like to talk to you. I was like, oh, my God. And I, so I went into the bar and I was like, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. And he immediately was like, no, this not is, that's me. not what I signed up for. <laughs> so uh, so we, we all left with our agents. And it, it took six years. Six years? It took six years for me to get an agent. Right, so what did you do then? So you haven't got an agent? No. A lot of temping. A lot of temping? A lot of catering, a lot of doing fringe plays where I was basically paying to be in them because I was paying for my own travel and everything. Which you have to do, but yeah. you obviously had to be creative at some point. Yeah. You've got to have an outlet. Yeah, exactly. So when did you decide, I'm going to write a comedy sketch? Um, I had gone to the Edinburgh Festival and I'd watched a female double act on stage who were very funny and uh, Katie Lyons um, I was about to say Morgan Lloyd Webber that's not not her name that's not her name I'd like to see um, them though and uh, and they were very funny double act and I I was like I could do that I could totally do that with Lorna I should absolutely because I was about to turn 30 I was like it's now or never it's come on now enough uh, and and uh, so I uh, I got back to London and Lorna and I wrote a show. And we, you know, what we did first of all, we booked a theatre. Before you'd written a Before show. Before we'd written a show. Ballsy move, I love it. We, we booked a theatre, we invited all our friends, like we've got two months, we've got, <laughs> we've got to write, fucking write something. Where now. was the theatre? It was the Canal Cafe Theatre, yeah. and it's a really nice like, pub, yeah. pub theatre again. But uh, again, it's one of those things, like, I had, we had no idea if we were funny, we had no idea if anything we were writing was any good until the first, the first moment we walked on stage and the first laugh we got. We were like, oh, okay. Relax. We're all right. And literally that night, I think, I got an agent. That we had, there was an agent. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, I worked in cast. I, I'd gone into casting for a couple of years. Oh, to really? make To make money and to keep my hand in the game and sort of, and meet people and, and stay connected in the world. Um, so I had agent friends at that point and they came to see the show. And I got, I signed with, uh, yeah, signed with them. Was there ever a point in that six-year period before you'd written the sketch where you thought, do you know what? No, I can't be doing with this. Uh, no, no. No, you wanted no. to still carry on. To be honest, yeah. I don't know if it's blind arrogance or just, yeah. It's I, determination. I, knew, I, I sort of, it is, but I just knew it would be okay, and I don't know how I knew it would be okay, but I just was like, no, I think it's going to be all right, and I think, I think it's going to be okay. I, I, just, I just, I don't know why. I just felt like, yeah. And that agent that you got from that performing the, the, the sketches there, yeah. was that to take you both on? Yes. Uh, yes, it was, eventually. So she, yeah. it, in a way, that agent was, was buying, buying you two as a, a double act. Yes, and, and also looked after us individually for acting as well. Yeah. Um, so that was that, yeah. Was it difficult or scary? Because she's obviously, obviously a very good friend of yours. Is she your, would you say she's your best friend? Lorna? Yeah. I mean, it's, she's... She's certainly, absolutely one of my best friends, and one of my oldest friends, certainly. And at the time of us working together, we were basically a married couple. We were together about 12 hours a day. Do, was, were you ever concerned or worried about working together, that ruining the friendship side? 
Uh, do you know, no, actually. And we were, no, not at all. And we, we, we I say this a lot, because we, 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 we ended up doing three Edinburgh festivals and then we got commissioned for a BBC series. So we, we, on the back of the On the back uh, of the Edinburgh. Edinburgh Festival. So we had our own BBC Two series. We did two series of our sketch show. So all in total, we worked together for about seven years. And we, we are, maybe it's a Tiffin girl thing. <laughs> um, we were so, I think we had one fight Genuinely, in seven years. In all that time. Yeah, and it, was, it involved buying props for, a, for our Edinburgh show, and I think we were just tired. And uh, we had to buy a watermelon, I think, and we couldn't find one, and we, got, we were just ratty. And, and I, it involved her walking about a metre ahead of me for about five minutes, not talking to each other. And then that was about as much as we could bear, and we made up again. We, we genuinely didn't, we, we didn't fight at all. Because the friendship was the most important thing, actually, first. first That's amazing that you remembered that. Yeah. Some things can yeah. get, take, uh, lose control. Yeah. Now, I don't want this to... I don't, if this comes across in any negative way at all, then I'm really sorry, but I find it really fascinating that you got the laughs and then you, you got back in, t- in touch with, with Lauren and said, right, we're going to do the sketch show, you do the Canal Cafe, then you do Edinburgh, you do your, two or three Edinburghs? Two. Three, 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 three Edinburghs, yeah, yeah. and then you get commissioned by the BBC, and you do two, and you're right up there. And yeah. then the BBC said, "Well, well we don't want any more." Yeah. How did that make you feel? Because what great success that you'd taken it to from just writing a sketch, and you're on BBC Two, and then after two seasons, yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird. Sorry, that didn't. No, no, not no, no, It didn't come across like that. Fine, brilliant. It's it's one of the weirdest periods of time. That, that period because it was one of the highest highs and, and sort of the lowest lows since then I suppose because but I'm very grateful f- for it because it, what it taught me was in this job ain't nothing guaranteed like you can be you can be up there one minute and then no one gives a shit the next mm. minute and that's and, and if you can if that's okay if you can deal with that then, then you're probably quite a healthy human being and, and that time at that time we were touted and actually I, I, you know I was very proud of us we we, we the BBC gave us a development deal and they said, look, you know, would, would you do something on BBC Three? And we were quite arrogant. And we were like, no, it's BBC Two or, or nothing. nothing. And they were like, okay, well, good luck with that. Um, no one knows who you are. And also, our schedule is full for like the next five years, so no. And we were like, fine. Uh, but then they were like, okay, well, you can try. We, you know, we sort of, we sort, we did this weird pilot. We did this weird pitch in a room in front of all the commissioners. We did like a live sketch show somewhere in the bowels of the BBC in like a windowless room. Uh, no, laughter. me and Lorna literally like there was just, there were all these commissioners, very serious people, uh, and we were we had like a what, what's it called? What are those things called that you change women in in films in the olden days change behind like a yeah you know, oh, the screen uh, like a screen yeah. yeah. So we we so we were just. We'd do a, like a ridiculous, massive, over-the-top sketch and then run behind the screen and literally there'd be dresses thrown over the top of the screen and come out in a different outfit and sort of... All very amdram. And were they laughing or were they just like No, that? they were very kind, actually. They oh, were, were they? They were, they were kind. Um, uh, although there was one person we were told, don't, don't try and shake his hand or he doesn't want to... He's not very touchy feely. I know I, who that I, is. Do you? Someone told me do that you? about him. Yeah. And do you know what I did? I made a beeline for him, completely forgot, and I gave him a mass in one of the sketches. I gave him a massive hug, a little kiss on the on the not on the lips, on the cheek, 
And I just saw he froze, and I was like, oh, my God, what have you done? And I remember looking at Lorna, like, and she was like, oh, my God. And, and he sort of, we finished, and he filed out of the room, and I was like, I've done, oh, I've completely fucked it, and that's, that's I've, he's gone to wash himself now. Um, <laughs> but maybe he liked it, because we got the show. Did you? Um, but, yeah, we, but, but so, so, so after saying, yeah, BBC Two's going to be quite tricky, um, we, got, we got the commission, couldn't believe it. But then with that came the pressure of, oh, right, you're on BBC Two now, you need to really bring it. And um, it, was, it was interesting because it was, the stuff we'd done live was very different from the stuff we did in the show. We had to find a new way of... Because sketch shows, they're quite expensive and you have to, they, you have to do recurring characters mm. just because of financial, obliga- you know, financial things, reasons. Do they want that? Do they yeah. say, we want a recurring yes. character? And that was not sort of something that we had done particularly before. So we were a bit hesitant and reticent, but... You know, like, listen, we've got a BBC Two show. We need to just we need to play the game, and we we did. And I think uh, I'm very proud of it now. But it was it was it was out of our comfort zone, and and it was funny because we were it was so hype. We got I remember so many articles about is it, are they the next French and Saunders, and that's just you know it's not fair because at the time I remember doing a count. There was something like ten male double acts on television, ten. You know, Mitchell Webb, Armstrong Miller, um, Mighty Boosh. There were, there, there were just a lot of them. And because we had literally been the only female double act since French and Saunders, that's who we were compared to. Yeah. And that was an unfair pressure, I think. Uh, so it was a lot to up to. And, and you know, it was, it was, it was hard. It was, tr- it was the most stressful time of our lives. But also the most... It was also brilliant. I'm so proud of it. You should be. It yeah. is actually amazing what you did. Thank you. It was yeah. It was it was it was a lot of work, but it was really freaking great. Um, so yeah, when they, when we did, when we found out we didn't get the third series, well, not that there was ever a third series planned. It was just you know we each series you get recommissioned. It was it was really sad. It was really sad, but it was also a bit of a relief because it had taken over so completely our lives. I for, bet. Yeah, I mean we were basically you know writing it, acting in it, doing a lot of the production side of it as well. So it was full on. Yeah. We put on each about two stone. What's interesting with actors, when they know they're about to film something, they don't eat. I ate a lot during that period because we were writing the show before we filmed it for six months beforehand. The, how we would create is we'd, 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 we'd go away somewhere really crap, like a, like a, I don't know, like a caravan, or not a caravan, like a log cabin somewhere in, I don't know, the, the New Forest or something and drink a lot of Prosecco and think that that's how we'd come up with ideas. And all the ideas we'd come up with, we'd look at the next day when we were sober and they were utter dog shit. Um, but we, so we, we ate a lot, we drank a lot through stress, smoked a lot. So by the time it came to filming, I watched those series back, I'm like, oh my God, literally, about to be so heavier. Didn't, didn't care, did not care. Because that's the other thing, is like with comedy, and that's what I'm also grateful for, is that I don't, there's a lack of vanity, there has to be. Um, I don't buy into those... Well, certainly in good comedy. In good comedy, I, I yeah. I would say. But that's yeah. a personal thing. I don't buy into vanity in, in, any, in acting, in any acting, actually, no. comedy or not. So, yeah, which is lucky. <laughs> you see, we started quite heavy and we've ended quite yeah. light. Yeah, I see what you've done. See what I've done? Yeah. Well, look, um, I can't thank everybody uh, enough for coming down tonight. Um, did everybody have a good time? Yeah. 
Um, honestly, starting this podcast has been the best thing I've ever done. Um, and to know that it connects with people and people have come out when it's tipping it down um, really means a, a, a big uh, deal to me. So I'm getting lost for words, Aww. which is unusual for me. Um, I want to thank uh, Dave Scott, our kid, for opening up for us. I want to thank all our sound team from Lipper. Um, obviously, producer Griff from the Two Shot Podcast is amazing. And a massive thanks uh, for Ingrid getting out of her comfort zone in London and coming all the way up north to see us. Ingrid Oliver, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you so much. Take care getting home or get yourself another drink. Take care. And there we go. Episode 32 is done. How brilliant. It was so good. I mean, if I'm honest, I I didn't know how it was going to go. I think I may have said this before. Because we always do the episodes without an audience, to do it when there's 40-odd people there, you know, it could change the dynamic. It didn't. It it made it something else. Um, And I can't thank Ingrid enough for agreeing to do it. And I think she enjoyed it. It was a nice bit of creative therapy. Um, I need to thank Wendy Smith for helping organise the live event at the Baltic Social. And of course, the Baltic Social for hosting and being brilliant. I also need to thank you for downloading, for subscribing, for telling people about us. And also for all those weather-beaten people that turned up at the Baltic Social in Liverpool. Thank you so much. Well, should we do this again? All right, let's do it. Next week is episode 33. And until next time, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care of yourself. I'll see you next week. Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.